amongst a horror cult trashover where the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema around Gary. And I'm Chris. And it's Summer Screams Month. Again. Again? We're at that time again. It comes around so fast. It does. It, it does. Uh, you're, we're welcoming you back to the beach of horror cult trashover. Beach? The trashy, <laughs> trashy beach. Um, and what better way to kick things off than with a long-running franchise? Um, surprisingly. Surprisingly, a, a franchise that people still apparently watch. But we're not talking about the whole franchise, thankfully. Instead, we are talking about the one that started it all. We're talking about Camp Blood from 2000. Yeah. Um, surprising franchise starter. Um, I suppose if your film only costs $10 to make, you only need 10 people to spend $2 so you can make a new one. Yeah, I mean, it might not surprise you that the budget is unknown, um, <laughs> and this was straight to video. It was written and directed by Brad Sykes, uh, who also made Camp Blood 2, and The Zombie Chronicles, uh, Mad Jack, Evil Sister 2, Lord of the Vampires, Death Factory, Screen Queen, Goth, Bloody Tees, Mutation, you know, all your favourites. So he only made Camp Blood 1 and 2. He also made the spin-off Within the Woods as well. So, it, yeah, right. this franchise somehow got seven sequels. Uh, seven sequels, one official spin-off entitled Ghost of Camp Blood, and one unofficial spin-off called Within the Woods, the one that Brad Sykes directed. Right. Yeah, I, somehow. Yeah. Um, people must still watch this shit for it to keep being released every year. They must do. I mean, I'm, I don't know, I'm tempted to watch some of them. I've seen Campbell 2 and it's just more of the same. Yeah, in the hopes that it's a. You might get sequels that are a bit more interesting than this one. Still, like, hokey and low budget and crappy and not well written or acted or, you know, special effects are shoddy. But maybe a bit more camp. Because maybe. If, if the rest of the film was like the last 15 minutes of this one. Yeah. We'd be sitting here saying it's a trash to piece. Yeah, I mean, I still, I still stand by the fact that I think it's a trash to piece. I mean, there's just so much to laugh at here because it, it's it's definitely trying to be serious. It's trying so hard to be serious, and the acting and character choices are so bizarre that it just, yeah, it it just doesn't it just doesn't work. It's also um, released in 3D, by the way. Apparently, Supposedly, yeah. I mean, the trailer says it is. I can't find a 3D version anywhere. Um, I mean, there's a few moments where it looks like they're pointing something deliberately towards the camera. Uh, but also, you can tell from the cinematography because whatever they spent on a 3D camera, the, the 2D version, they, they definitely skimped on because it looks awful. It, it really does. Even by 2000 standards, it looks really, really cheap. It's, it's like a home video camera. It's given me... Um, you've been framed. Yeah. Uh, for for an American audience, what would be comparable? Uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's that pretty much what kind of quality. I mean, I, you know, we're all for low-budget films here at Horror Court Trashover. Um, but yeah, this, this one, I don't even know if it had the right intentions. Because, I mean, this is released after Scream, so... I don't know if they're going for that post-screen feeling. It kind of feels like they're going more for Blair Witch. It's giving me Blair Witch, which is a film that does a lot on a low budget. Yeah. So there's not really any excuses. You can blame the low budget for only so much. And you can't blame a low budget for bad writing. No. Really. Not, no. not if you're financing and directing the film yourself. Can't really blame the budget on that. Yeah, and, and of course it's also going for both Friday the 13th and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, to the point that we probably could have included this on our original versus remake episode last week. And also, I know what you did last summer. Yeah, it's definitely more I know what you did last summer than Scream. That's, yeah. that's for certain. Yeah. Um, so, get into our first section of the episode, known as... Hey, I know you. There's a good chance you're not going to know anyone. <laughs> no, I've really had to 
dig deep. Um, yeah. <laughs> to find something else that I know that these uh, actors have been in. I don't know any of the directors of a film. No. Uh, Jennifer Richkoff plays Trisha. Uh, she was in Spartan, Harrington's Notes, Angel Wishes, Journey of a Spiritual Healer. Right. Spin City and Campbell 2. Right. Okay. Uh, oh, so she's back for the sequel. She's back for the sequel. Nice. Michael Taylor, who plays Steve, was in Lethal Seduction, Babes in the Woods and Private Lies. Lovely. Um, Steve, Lethal Seductor. Not quite. No, I don't think. <laughs> Tim Young, who plays Jay. Um, quite a performance. Uh, he was in The Worm Eaters, The Saw Losers, an episode of Daria. Yes, uh, that's the one I got written. <laughs> uh, that's the one I wrote down. I was like, yes, come on, boys, <laughs> Daria. Little Nicky, Scarecrow, Mando's Machine, and Dawn of Our Nation. Little Nicky is in the Adam Sandler film. the Adam Sandler film. film, he was okay. an extra in that. Oh, okay. Bethany Zolt, who plays Nicole, uh, she was in Alien Arsenal, The Neighbour's Wife, <laughs> Getting yeah. Rachel Back. Sensitive Johnson, Fool's Gold, Serum, and Mad Bad. Mad Bad, that sounds... Mm. Now, we get a little more prolific as we go on. Um, basically, these are the ones where I've had to put and more at the end, because they weren't <laughs> just in, like, five films. <laughs> Joseph Haggerty, who plays Thatcher. Uh, he was in Angels with Tethered Wings, Luna Park, Cannibal Taboo, Blood Sisters, Tales from the Grave Volume 2, Happy Holidays, Deadly Scavengers, Hollywood Mortuary... The Flesh Merchant, The Deadly Spawn, he was an extra in that, and more. Wow. No. That's quite the filmography. You know, that sounds sarcastic, but it's not. <laughs> a few of those, just by title alone, sound very interesting. Yeah, um, Angels with Tethered Wings looks well, very gay. <laughs> so, um, I hope it's as gay as it looks. And finally, Courtney Taylor, who plays gay icon Harris, uh, it was in Prom Night 3, The Last Kiss, where she actually paid Mary Lou. Ooh, big role. Good old Mary Lou. The Graveyard Story, Sins of the Night, The New Adventures of Superman. Oh, nice. For Terry Hatcher. For Terry Hatcher. Nice. Uh, Silk Stalkins, Seinfeld. Oh, the TV show, Silk Stalkins, yeah. which I always thought was not what it was. <laughs> yeah, she's in Seinfeld. Um, okay. The Companion, Cover Me, The Dragon Gate, Tracks of a Killer, Blue Heat, the Case of the Cover Girl Murders, and more. Case of the Cover Girl Murders. Yeah, Blue Heat. Blue Heat? What's Blue mm. Heat? Case of the Cover Girl Murders. Oh, Blue Heat. <laughs> Case of the... Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I also got Vinny Belanchio. Belanchio. Oh, wow. That's embarrassing. Vinny Belanchio, no. who played Vic, okay. was in Sorority House Massacre. Wow. Good for him. Now, question... Who was Vic? <laughs> was Vic the guy who died at the start? Oh, he was, yeah. Or, he looked much older. I know he was, yeah. Victor, yeah, he looked yeah. much older than I feel like he was meant to. Yes, that's true. I have yeah. even got it written down. I don't know why I forgot. But poor Vic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Shall we get to it? Let's get to it. It's, it is time for our feature presentation. It's less excited than uh, we were for the last two episodes. You don't listen too good, do you, boy? You and your friends don't want to go to Camp Blood. They didn't heed the warning. <laughs> oh, guys, this is awesome. They ignored the screams that echoed through the woods that night. Now we're lost. We don't have a guide. It's just a matter of time before he kills us all one by one! Oh, Jesus. Warning. Due to the violent nature of this program, no one under 17 will be permitted to wear 3D glasses. If you have a taste for terror, camp out at Camp Blood. film opens on birdwatcher Sally and her photographer Victor who are making love with jeans and shorts on to some very calming music in the woods of Camp Blackwood. She's such a nerdy girl. How do we know she's a nerdy girl? Because she knows lots about birds. Because she knows a lot about birds and she wears glasses. She does wear glasses, yeah. Um, one of the most awkward sex scenes I've ever seen. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> 
I mean, they're both wearing jeans. Uh, she's wearing jean shorts. He's wearing jeans. They've got the tops off, and she's just staring into the camera. Yeah, just staring into your soul. It it is very <laughs> very creepy. I assumed that she was the murderer. Yeah, uh, from the start. How either of them are getting off with like denim in the way, I I have no idea. I mean, um, I, mean I, I don't want to kink shame anyone. If, you know, people like <laughs> denim, but it doesn't make any sense. It's the age of uh, the, the era of Bewitched, so don't miss the denim. Um, the music honestly could have sent me to sleep. It was so calming. It, it sounds like something you'd put on to help you fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is really bad. Um, uh, Joseph A. Zimba put it quite nicely in Bleeding Skull, a 1990s trash horror odyssey. A great book if anyone can get it. Um, actually, it's pretty easily available. I don't, I don't know why I suggested it would be difficult to get. Uh, <laughs> hold up. He described it as a score comprised of electronic pan flutes and pianos. Yeah. And that's essentially it. It, it is. It is. Um, yeah. Uh, did you have any history with this film? <laughs> I have absolutely no history whatsoever with this film. I had no idea it existed until you may have mentioned it a few years ago. Um, then I completely forgot about it, and then you mentioned it for the podcast. You put this up for the vote, didn't you? I, I did, and all our listeners voted for it. Thanks, guys. And then <laughs> I kind of remembered it existed, but so oh, why am I remembering this existed? What is this? Yeah, I mean, I discovered it through, I don't know if you remember him, Shitcase Cinema, who was a YouTube reviewer. He's kind of ahead of his time, actually. He pretty much does what we do um, and what loads of other podcasts do now, but just did it with YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. They just watch shit films and just give his thoughts on it. It was really funny. Um, and this was one of them that I discovered through him. This and its, uh, and its sequel. Uh, yeah, and then life was changed ever since, clearly. Yeah. Did his house's life was changed? Uh, Victor. Vic and Sally. <laughs> um, yeah, so Vic goes... So, Sally's the bird watcher. Yeah. Um, Vic's the arse watcher. That's all he's the doing, is, is watch yeah. Sally's arse. Yeah. But then, in the middle of them doing the deed... Mm-hmm. He decides that he's going to go off. They hear a bird tweeting, and he's the one that's going to go off and take the photo. Yeah. And it's going to be a really nice treat for Sally. And like, well, wouldn't Sally <laughs> want to see the bird and take the photo herself? Isn't this the point? Um, so he's got main character syndrome. Uh, not for long, though, because whilst he's out and about looking for this photo of this uh, bird... He gets a dry stab through the chest <laughs> with a machete from a killer clown in the middle of the woods. This guy's suit. Oh, my God. The killer clown craze um, a few years ago. Try that again. What? Killer clown craze. What did I say? Killer crown craze. <laughs> well, that too. The killer clown craze a few years ago. Um, the, the, you know, obviously there's loads of videos on YouTube of it and whatnot. Honestly, those people just going around acting like fucking idiots in clown suits, scaring people, they had higher production value than this fucking costume. Oh, absolutely. Like, this is ridiculous. He is wearing a boiler suit, a really cheap boiler suit that he could have just got anywhere. Uh, and the clown mask is genuinely something straight out of Poundland. It is, it's ridiculous. Even Poundland might be doing it, you know, it might be too kind. Yeah. So um, cheap. Is absolutely someone putting absolutely no effort into a Slipknot costume? <laughs> like, you got fancy dress in five minutes. What are you yeah. gonna do? Uh, Slipknot. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the weirdos that go up onto people's ring cameras and punch pumpkins had better uh, costumes yeah. than this. Put way more effort into it. Yeah. I don't know why I was oddly specific about one clown video, but that's, that's sort of the one that's always stuck in my mind. Well, I mean, you know, some horror films, if you use a mask uh, that is a cheap, quick, you know, throwaway one, it can still be creepy, you know? You, you can get some pretty cheap 
creepy masks out there. Do a bit of painting on it. Do what, you know, John Carpenter did with Michael Myers. Oh, absolutely. Can William Shatner mask painted. RuPaul says it all the time, you know? I don't want to see no fucking H&M. You've got to be glitterizing, you know, stoning, doing something to elevate it. I, I feel like... literally just found on, you know, like, oh, what should we use? What can we find in Poundland? Yeah. Like the dollar store. Like, oh, here we go. Yeah, use that. I genuinely feel like they just got up one day and they're like, oh, should we make a film? Yeah, should we see what we can grab? Oh, okay, cool. And then made this. Yeah. Like, just on the spot. <laughs> the practical effects, you know, they're nothing amazing, but they're probably the best part of the film. There's a death later on that doesn't look awful. It looks, you know, like they actually put some effort into it. But everything else, they just haven't tried. Well, it's very clearly... Um, like fake, and yeah. just kind of you see the aftermath. You don't see anything going into it well, apart not... from yes, this one, but it's very dry. No, no, no. I'm on about one later. Yeah, but this one in particular, yeah, where this, we are now, um, it's it's quite naff yeah. because it is kind of like a kid doing a magic trick. It is. Ooh. It is. And everyone looks green, by the way. I know we mentioned the cinematography already, but genuinely everyone looks green because yeah. of this shitty camera. Do you think all the sequels are the same quality? The second one is. Do you think, as they go on, do you think the quality improves? I don't... I assume so. But surely there's... By... What? If there's one every year after this, you're at least going up to 2007. I think there were some gaps because one tries to cash in on it. Oh, okay. Uh, like, I think it's Camp Blood 8. It's like, it kills. Because you... <laughs> And the tagline is float this. Because by the time... <laughs> okay, so by that time, you've got camera phones. Yeah. Which is better quality than this film. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So the quality no must have upped. You know, and someone must be buying these DVDs yeah. or VHSs and watching them. You I... know, there's an audience for everything. And we're not here to judge, necessarily. We're here to give our opinion. And, I, I you know, I wouldn't hold it against anyone if they've got the camp blood box set and love it and i mean i intend to own the camp blood box set. yeah which <laughs> you know um i'm not judging anyone for it i'm sure there's plenty of films i love that people were like oh um this is definitely a quiet taste um, yeah we all make choices and <laughs> um, this is a choice <laughs> yeah so um the clown swings his machete at sally and the film cuts to the boring opening credits yeah, so we have a bit of a chase with Sally. Her shirt's open the whole it, it time, is, bless her. Uh, the story then focuses on Trisha, her boyfriend Steve, Steve's friend Jay, and Jay's girlfriend Nicole, all of which are going on a trip to Camp Blackwood. Um, Jay's a character. Jay, Jay is a bizarre series of events. It feels like they really... like they, they said to him, you know, we need a douchey jock type character. Uh, what can you do? He's like, hold my beer. And he dials it up to 11. Like, he is there and he's like, <laughs> his first scene, he's like, oh, well, I've got to pick up the coal first. She'll probably take an hour to pack up her fucking makeup, stupid bitch. And it's like, okay, what the fuck? Like, immediately, everything is fuck shit, fuck shit, fuck shit. He's like a child that's only just learned how to swear. It's, and he's so misogynistic, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely, I know what you did last summer. So this is the right yeah. Felipe character, douchebag. Um, so over-exaggerated. So over-exaggerated. For me, that's, he's what makes it a trash to piece for me because he gets far too much screen time and it's always funny to watch him trying so hard and absolutely failing the whole time. You just, it's a pointless character because <laughs> his death scene isn't actually no, that so shit. gratifying. It's really just pointless there's one death scene in this film where it's like okay all of the the tiny budgets got into this why wasn't it dedicated to him exactly why wasn't he that guy because exactly. he would have absolutely done what that other character does yeah. he would have punched the clown in the face straight away this is why douchebags exist in cinema you know it's meant to make you feel for the final girl um or feel for any of the other characters um and also it's a gratifying death scene yeah you know it gets the you know, popcorn audience going mm -hmm. and clapping and yeah, 
this, that, and you, but not that I would ever allow that in a cinema. Whilst I was in there. Um, <laughs> but this guy's just annoying. He is. I mean, poor Nicole. Um, like, she's chewing gum. He's like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? Chewing gum again, you cow. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, you packed your own, fuck your whole fucking wardrobe for a trip to the woods. What a fucking loser. And then she's, and he's like, oh, but your outfit looks all right. She's like, oh, yeah, I love my new outfit. Do you like it? I got a half price sale at Fred Seagull. <laughs> <laughs> so Nicole is definitely the... Sarah Michelle Gellar. <laughs> Sarah Michelle Gellar, but she's the dumb blonde stereotype. She is. Exag- again, exaggerated. Um, so annoying. Um... I mean, her outfit's great, though. Her outfit's great. Come half on, price half price. Fred's Seagull. Seagull? Why am I so Steve Seagull? She like my Steve Seagull dress. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, she's definitely a stereotype. I've got her down as Paris Hilton, Nicole Richie, <laughs> Jessica Simpson. That kind of stereotype. Yeah. Um, Trisha has reservations. Pink would sing a song about she, her. She would. She would. Um... <laughs> Pink shows up later on, doesn't she? <laughs> she does, yeah. Well, yeah. Actually, she doesn't. Uh, Trisha has reservations about the trip to Camp Blackwood due to the newspaper reporting on the disappearance of Sally, but her car was found there. Fuck Vic's drag. I know, yeah. Like, no one gave a shit about no him. No one gave a shit about Vic. <laughs> Steve uh, pulls out a hunting knife, a survival knife, sorry. Pulls out a survival knife and uh, convinces her otherwise, so the two couples head out in Jay's car. Yeah. Like, he says the most important thing is they spend time together. <laughs> so I was like, but they're going with the King of the Pricks and Paris Hilton. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this isn't them spending time together. Um, spoiler alert, a, a big plot point is Steve not being able to get his end away yeah. whilst they're camping. But they've just had a shag in the shower. They did. After a <laughs> psycho fake out. So it's like... Why Why is this such a big plot point? I feel like they forgot they filmed that. Because, um, yeah. you know, she's our final girl, so she's going to be a virgin as well. So. Well, it's post-screen, I'm assume, post-screen. Yeah, I'm assuming they're married. Maybe. I'm, I'm assuming, and with all due respect to the actors, that they're not, like, in their early 20s. I don't know. I think they're meant to be teenagers. You think? Yeah. I thought they were married. Like Steve. Oh, they look like they're old enough. Steve and Trish were married. They they own a massive house and they look like they're old enough to be in a settled, happy married exactly. relationship. But I think they're meant to be teenagers. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> two hillbilly types bicker in the woods before finding Sally. Sally's still alive, and uh, one of the hillbillies gets decapitated. <laughs> Paul Gus um, and George. Paul Gus and George. The head, the capitated head, looks nothing at all no. like <laughs> either of the actors. So sometimes it looks a bit fake, but you can kind of see what they're going with. And it's close to the actor who's playing the victim. In this case, not even close. No. Not, even, not even sure if it's meant to be a head, for fuck's sake. And, and by this point, you're presented with all the awful writing, awful acting, awful soundtrack, awful cinematography. So you can't even you can't even forgive it. Well, like some no. older slasher films, you can forgive stuff like that. No, okay, it just at this point, it's getting no passes. They found a random mask somewhere, or put the hat on it, and just threw <laughs> it into the river. Also, this film's an hour and fifteen minutes long. Why does it feel like it's three hours? Long? Oh, giant. Um, whatever becomes of Sally, we don't know. No. Um, whatever becomes of the other guy, we don't know, really, do we? We don't find, see them later. They're murdered. Gus and George are murdered. I swear that's on the news. I know they're definitely murdered. I don't know about Sally, though. I, I feel like that's going to be something in one of the sequels, maybe. Oh, oh God, is this a Kirby situation? Yeah, I mean, everyone was demanding for Sally to come back, obviously. <laughs> Of the bird watcher. Back with the main characters. Uh, they've been on the road for over an hour and are in need of directions to the camp. Uh, Trisha's reading the awakening. Yeah. Um, weirdest bit of dialogue from Nicole, who's meant to be a ditzy blonde, um, very self-absorbed into her makeup and clothes. 
So, and then Trisha's the intellectual, she's reading a book in the back of the car. And Nicole turns around and says, what are you reading? She says, oh, The Awakening. And Nicole says, is that the film about a mummy with Charlton Heston? <laughs> Which is the weirdest reference point <laughs> for a character like Nicole to have. Yeah. Now, The Awakening is a 1980 film about a mummy with Charlton Heston. But why, 20 years later, <laughs> is a character based off of, you know, silly valley girls mentioning The yeah. Awakening? I, I feel like the director was dying to get that reference in yeah. there. But he gave it to the, the <laughs> absolute worst character you could have gave it to. What? It, it doesn't make any sense. And what happens next doesn't make any sense either. So obviously Jay's like, everybody shut the fuck up. I'm trying to make a call. No idea who he's calling. It's a work um, call because he's that guy. He's that guy. But when he asks people to shut up, Trisha stops reading. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, Trish, it's all right. We can't, we can't hear you reading. She's like, <sighs> and then closes the book. Closes the book. Like, we can't what? hear you. <laughs> You're not reading it out loud to the group, are you? Audible's not coming out for another, like, ten or so years. It's okay. <laughs> uh, Nicole paints her nails and doesn't... She doesn't understand how anyone can read in a car anyway. It makes her feel sick. <laughs> but she can watch films with The Mummy and uh, Charlton Heston. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, as uh, four young people um, on their way to a camp in a horror film, they're lost... And they decide to stop and ask the weirdo on the side of the road for directions. <laughs> His name's Thatcher. And we're introduced to him doing um, <laughs> a silly walk. I feel like this may be a Monty Python reference. He, he's marching up the road. Those arms are swinging, he though. It, it looks like he's dancing to that... Um, that Christmas song with uh, the marching band. The <laughs> bomb, 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 Merry Christmas. Oh yeah, okay. It, it looks like he's dancing no, to I that. Um, I mean, yeah. And then when he talks, it's like you immediately want him to shut up. I mean, yeah. so he's trying to be the crazy Ralph type from Friday the Thirteenth. Well, I've got a few questions <laughs> that might help. Well, that won't help us because I haven't got answers to them. Um. Why was he swinging his arms so much? Why is he doing an Uncle Fester impression? <laughs> Why did he pretend to have a heart attack? <laughs> Why is the camera angle so low? <laughs> Many questions. My question is, did answers. they actually find him on the side of the road? Did this actually happen as they were filming? It, and they they're like, like oh, do you know what? Let's just run with it. That, he's, his IMDB is more furrow than the others. <laughs> This is after all of those, so I feel like he's uh, he's maybe had a career break. But um, he, like Thatcher, the character, genuinely pretends to have a heart attack. He, he does. He does. For no like, oh, reason. Got, yeah. Got, yeah. Oh, your kids are polluting the air. Oh, you love music and trash fast food. Oh, yeah. Your ignorance, disrespecting our locals. What? <laughs> Where he's walking to is never explained. <laughs> Why he's walking is never oh, yeah. explained. The twist makes this even more questionable. Yeah. Um, he's been... They've been driving for an hour. Although, so... no, actually, it explains why he pretends to have a heart attack. To get their attention. Yeah, I suppose... Yeah, but after they stop him... That's true. So he's minding true. his own business. <laughs> the, the twist is that Thatcher is in on it. Yeah. So this scene makes no sense sense really because he's not really luring them in unless his weird walking is a way to get them to stop and talk to him but they stop and talk to him to ask for directions but in the old crazy ralph way he says no you don't want to go in there don't do it don't go in don't you'll regret it don't do it here's the directions yeah why would he be so against them going if he was in on it exactly having yeah. them killed so what would make more sense would be for him to turn around and say 
yeah, I'll help you guys. There's the directions. Yeah. Why are we getting the crazy Ralph? You're doomed. Bullshit. He could literally just get in the car and kill them all. When they end, but when they end up doing what he wants them to do anyway. Also, the reveal of the killer makes no sense because who the fuck is Thatcher in relation to the actual killer? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah. And I mean, the twist is unpredictable, but only because it's so badly written and done that you wouldn't even consider it. Which twist? The the main twist. The big the, reveal. The, first big the reveal, reveal of the killer or the twist at the end. The reveal of the killer. Don't even get me started on the twist at the end. Also, by the way, uh, I don't even notice of our last two episodes, but we've started to merge our trivia section with the film itself. No trivia for this. I like no, this film was yeah. literally made, and that was it. Yeah, like made, released in Blockbuster, and and that was it. Yeah, there's not there's not much background on it. Um, so they've uh, even more confusing is that they've organised a guide. Well, before that, he, oh, he gives him um, he gives him a warning. Uh, he's like, ah, there's a clown up there that'll kill you. Ah. Uh, like you said, you know, it, pretty much saying stuff that would make them not want to go there, and then begrudgingly gives them directions and it explains that it's now known as Camp Blood. Oh yeah, so they go past the sign that says Camp. They Blood, do, yeah, don't they? Um, but they've organised a guide to help them get to wherever. I'm very confused, okay? <laughs> I don't know why they needed a There's guide. There's no need for a guide. Also, if it's a camp that was used, so the same way sleepaway camp was used, mm-hmm. surely you can just drive to the camp. Yeah. If this camp exists, if they're not staying at the camp, I understand. Mm-hmm. But if that's where they're going to and then camping in their tents nearby... Yeah. Surely they can just drive up. But what they do is park Mm -hmm. where they met Thatcher, which is confusing in itself, (laughs) and then walk into the woods to find their guide. Yeah. Their guide, if I... Correct me if I'm wrong or confused. The guide, Harris, was meant to meet them at the camp. At the car park. At the car park. Yeah. Where they met Thatcher. Yes, but no, we're but not they meant asked, to know that. We're but, meant to think it's a different location. But Chris. they wanted to ask Thatcher for directions. <laughs> yes. So I've... the directions were, you're exactly where you need yes, to be. But, but then he gives directions driving. Yeah, we are absolutely meant to think this is a different location, by the way. Oh. Use your imagination. <laughs> yeah, come on. I mean, they're very limited as it Fuck, is. Fuck, yeah, it's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> They don't try and hide it at all. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm... But it is the exact same location. I'm so confused. Oh my god, I had so many questions regarding yeah. all of this. It's just lazy filmmaking. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. film it from a different angle, for fuck's sake. Their, their guide, Harris, uh, is a lesbian. You know, come on, representation. Well, how do you know she's a lesbian? We'll get... Well, actually, no, it's in my trivia right now, actually, because I tried, I tried summing this all up. Um... Because she seems to be attracted to Nicole. Uh, we know this because she creepily watches them from time to time. Oh, wait. I've got, that's how we know she's a lesbian. Because the big reveal was that she was cheated on. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that helps with the twist. I, because I, you I, think, oh, it's a man whose uh, wife is cheating on him. Yeah. Oh, it's a woman. This was... Okay, now that makes sense. Come I just, on, gay for shock value. I just assumed that the filmmakers, you know, presented her as a lesbian, but didn't, like, properly do it. No, there's... it was It was only the weird staring <laughs> thing. Because obviously we've got an LGBTQ plus killer in yes. this film, which isn't hugely surprising. Um, but I know I also thought, I was okay, well... Make her um, weird with Nicole, but I suppose. Well, I mean, they did, yeah. they did make her weird with Nicole, but it's absolutely Nicole and Jay's own fault. They sit there in the fucking tent, and they, I know this is going ahead of it, but they sit there in the tent in front of a zip down window and make out so fucking loud whilst she is sat right opposite. And where the fuck else is she going to look? It's super awkward. And. Yeah, and then, like, she keeps getting called a freak. <laughs> yeah, that does happen. Oh, you freak. But then they're like, 
kind of perfectly nice to her afterwards. <laughs> well, Jay's like, um, oh, well, if you're a fucking woman and you're not going to show us around here, I'm not having this. I'm not having a woman lead me around. And she fucking reads him to Film. Yeah, even though they spoke on the phone, you yeah. didn't realise that she was a woman. Yeah, because she's a lesbian, so you assume she's a man, obviously. Yeah, um, so being a butch lesbian who has dealt with these terrains for years, and I put what terrains, <laughs> uh, she puts Jay in his place pretty quick. Yeah. Doesn't she grab his balls she as does, well? She does, yeah. But um, she reads him to Phil. She does. Um, what I'm also confused by is... I assumed she was a guide who would guide them through the terrain, mm -hmm. terrain to where they need to be. And yeah. be like, okay, guys, see you later. I'll come back and guide you out. Mm -hmm. No, she's sleeping with them in the camp. Yeah. But she hasn't even got a bag. No. Character is completely pointless. Well, not... Well, well, yeah, but I mean, it literally, the killer could have been anybody. Like, this, yeah. this character, it didn't need to, it could have just been... Fucking... If there's no reasoning behind the elaborate setup mm. of pretending to be a guide... Yeah. Thatcher being involved, mm -hmm. luring them to the camp and not just killing them straight away, yeah. like you did with Sally and Vic. Like, mm -hmm. what is the purpose? Exactly. What is the reason? <laughs> there is no reason. There's no reason. Because to, you know, lengthen this whole process yeah. out, apart from we're watching a film, yeah. essentially. And, yeah. it, you know, and it just makes the film so boring. It does. It so does. Boring. Trisha asks Harris if she's heard <laughs> anything about the clown or why the place is called Camp Blood. They already know because, I mean, you know, they've already spoke to Crazy Wild, Ralph. Um, but Harris says she has no idea... But after uh, spending the day doing tasks such as collecting firewood and setting up camp, we get to see all of this. It's so fun. Um, the group have a campfire wanting to tell ghost stories and Harris reveals that she does know the story of the camp and the clown and tells them the story complete with a flashback. Yeah, um, just before that, I've something I found very funny was Trisha and Steve awkwardly make out in front of Harris. <laughs> Whilst Jay and Nicole go into the woods for a shag slash get some firewood, even though they don't get any firewood, and Steve and Trisha miraculously have firewood anyway. So what was the point of them going into the woods? Anyway, um, Steve wants a bit too, despite the obvious risk of their friends and, and a complete stranger returning to catch them in the act. And I literally put all men are pigs in this film. <laughs> um, Jay insinuates that Harris has a thing for Nicole and was watching them to get off, despite them not really getting up to much anyway. Because no. again, people shag fully clothed in this yeah. film. <laughs> yeah, literally. And I mean, Harris does appear every time there's making out somewhere. She's like, oh, here I am again. <laughs> Campfire ghost story time, obviously. Um, who wants a marshmallow? Not me. They're fattening. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get that? Because no. Trisha asks who wants a marshmallow and Nicole, be in Nicole, says, not me, they're fattening. Well, it's time to gather around the horrible trash of a campfire for the story of the clown at Camp Blood. Yeah, did you get the two the stories before this point? I, no, the one, no, oh, but didn't. I do remember that they were more interesting than this film. Yeah, but the stories, the stories before, the, anybody got any ghost stories or, or scary stories and Steve and Jay don't actually tell stories no. <laughs> rather than reference urban legends and tell each other how much they liked those stories so it's like oh did you hear the one about the uh, the hook in the door yeah I love that one like, oh did you hear the one about the alligator in the sewer yeah I love that one it's like okay you've heard them all we get it you've watched urban legend we get it yeah um so, 20 years prior... Now Harris is actually telling yeah. the story, and Gary's going to let us know. A, a man by the name of Stanley Cunningham was fired from his job and came home to find his girlfriend, Mary Lou, in a bed with a man named Nathan. Get it? Because <gasps> the actress played Mary Lou in Prom Night 3. Uh, Stanley knocked them both out in a fit of rage, put them in the trunk of his car, donned a cheap clown mask, and drove them out to the camp where he proceeded to murder them. 
Okay, bit. Okay. Oh, sorry. Let me finish it first. Mm-hmm. The police found the bodies three weeks later, but Stanley Cunningham disappeared, never to be seen again. Although over the years, people have gone missing, and some townsfolk, townsfolk claim to have seen the clown wander the woods from time to time. Okay, bitch. Why didn't she just murder them in the house? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's with the shit name Stanley Cunningham as well? Like, seriously? But how... Stan? I thought it was Steve. Stanley. Steve is uh, Trisha's boyfriend. Oh, fuck's sake. Um, yeah. The most confusing part is why the filmmaker decided to show this in flashback. <laughs> without any audio. Yeah. <laughs> like, I literally put, did they lose the audio on this clip? Just forgot to put it in. <laughs> Just forgot to put it in. There was no sound at all, apart from the, the weird soundtrack. Yeah. It may... Yeah, I don't know. I put... I Because I, I was kind of bored of the film by this point. I did put um, No Trace of Steve Cunningham. Who the fuck is Steve Cunningham? <laughs> it's like, it, we get it. It's a Sean Cunningham reference. We, we get it. It's yeah. <laughs> but I just, yeah, okay, no. Uh, they <laughs> I'm not even going to try anymore. I'm just, I'm not even going to try. I'm just, I'm here for the ride. I'm just here to have a good time. I'm not even going to question any of the decisions. <laughs> I don't know. It gets a bit convoluted. <laughs> Steve, Jay, and Nicole seem to really enjoy the story, and they think it's just made up to spook them, but Trisha gets creeped out by it, and is unnerved for the rest of the night. Yeah, yeah, Nicole and Trisha are uh, women, so they're easily spooked in these sort of films, but Steve and Jay are far too manly to be scared, and they just want to shag. It's true. So, I mean, Jay and Nicole shag, and it's really awkward, really loud, and so fake. Like, I mean, they put as much effort into the sex scene as they did the clown mask. Yeah. Steve doesn't get any, bless him. No, of course not. And I also said, how many close-ups of Harris's face do we in the campfire do we need? <laughs> so how, how do we know she's uh, getting off on them uh, having sex? Um, so they wake to find Harris's body completely burnt to a crisp where the f- campfire was. Yeah. Um, Trisha blames the clown as Nicola, uh, Nicola, this is where I started calling her Nicola as well. <laughs> really, I gave up on this. Where, uh, as Nicole falls silent due to shock. The manly men still don't believe the clown story though. And Steve, being the manliest of the men, takes charge. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, first of all, why the fuck did Harris go to that much effort to create a fake fucking burnt corpse? And leave it there. So is that Vic? Do you think that's Vic? Or is Maybe. That, do, do you think, think she set someone else on fire? That's the hillbilly guy. Well, well, honestly. She just needs a court. She, she could have just disappeared. She could have just disappeared. She could have just disappeared. A lot of effort. Um, Trisha begins to panic. Uh, she obviously thinks the clown story is true and whatever. And Steve tries calming her down by grabbing her and constantly saying, There's no clown. There's no clown. There's no clown. There's no clown. Whilst they're standing around a corpse. Yeah. There's probably a clown. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to go back on what I said. Because, do you know what doesn't make any sense? <laughs> Is why would Harris do this elaborate faking her own death thing? Mm-hmm. When they don't know her at all. Yeah. And they're just going to go to the police and say, the clown killed Harris. Yes. Yeah. So then the police are going to go in. Because up to this point, people have just gone missing in the uh-huh. woods. But if they've got clear evidence that someone's been murdered, then that's when the police are going to go and investigate. Yeah. And find the clown, shoot the clown, and find out it's Harris. Exactly. Exactly. They're better off just... She would have just been better off putting a note or something down and saying, fuck you guys. You know, you, you're all twats. Yeah. And I've had enough. I'm going home. Good luck. Uh, Steve <laughs> begins to lead the group back to Jay's, to Jay's car. Uh, but Nicole sprains her ankle by kicking a branch. Stop. <laughs> Immediately diagnosed with a sprain. Yeah. Uh, Steve, I'm assuming, is not a doctor. Didn't really look at the... Didn't actually look at the ankle at all. No. Like, no, you sprained that. Yeah. Yeah, you're sp- fucking 
Google, Dr. Google over there. <laughs> she's putting a symptom. Yeah, definitely spraying that. Jay is fucking fuming that she's spraying her ankle. He's so angry. And the clown appears. Absolutely no one seems surprised, despite Steve constantly denying that he exists, like, not long ago. Because he's a man. He imme Steve immediately punches the clown in the face. And uh, chases... Oh, should we say her, actually? I mean, we'll let it twist that already. Chases her to fight her. Uh, eventually pulling out his survival knife to defend himself. This sequence is fucking ridiculous. Oh, my God. So, testosterone-fueled Steve and his trusty survival knife. Um, being chased by Trisha. Steve! Yeah. Oh, Steve! <laughs> um, oh, my God. So boring. Uh, survival knife versus machete duel, and my god, it goes on forever, and it's just the two of them jumping on rocks, <laughs> swinging, um, kind of hitting each other, but not really reacting to it. Um, there's a lot in this film. There's a, especially at the end. Mm -hmm. um, the wrestling term would be a no sell. So, like, people getting stabbed and cut, but kind of not selling it. <laughs> yeah. Just being like, ow. And then, like, carrying on. Just splash <laughs> like around in some happens. water. Let's splash around in some water for a bit. Absolute dire. So boring. <laughs> so, but I switched off. It went on forever as well. The fight ends with Steve's death as he gets his arm and head hacked into with a machete. Now, this is what I was on about the scene earlier, where it looks like they actually put some effort into the practical effects. I mean, this is just Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. But I mean, for this film's budget, but not the cool, the but not the cool, like, pulling it out, reversing no. the film way. No, of course not. No, it's just... Uh, you gotta take what you can get. Yeah, I mean, with all due respect, no, credit where it's due, <laughs> it wasn't a wonky machete, though. Well, so I don't, I don't know what they've done, but usually it's like a flimsy one, isn't it, when they're yeah. using it. But, yeah, no. The clown punches Trisha, uh, and immediately Jay... This clown oh, loves punching people. I'm so sorry to interrupt. Um, I just remembered that my biggest bugbear with that duel... Uh -huh. Inexplicable use of slow-mo. <laughs> no! You know I hate inexplicable use of slow-mo. Oh my god, it pissed me off. Um, and also the really tight close-ups of Trisha from a low angle. Yeah. Because the Blair Witch Project. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, I knew why I took that so personally. And it's the use, <laughs> of, <laughs> the use of slow mo Unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, the clown punches Trisha. And immediately Jay... Uh, he punches Jay to back off uh, as he carried... I've wrote that terribly... Uh, and immediately intimidates Jay to back off as he carries Nicole away. Did you not get down um, when Trisha's being chased by the clown and we get flashbacks to every single we time do, yes. Trisha has spoken the word clown? It's true. <laughs> in film. It's like, this isn't the longest film. It's okay. We remember. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Literally, she's really like, but what about the clown? Oh, the clown. Oh, clown. And then the fight we've all been waiting for. Trisha and Jay have a fight over Steve's knife. Uh, but Jay punches... Survival knife. <laughs> the survival knife, sorry. But Jay punches Trisha and goes to get Nicole back, leaving Trisha to escape on her own. Trisha's been punched so many times Yeah, now. <laughs> Yeah, bless her. Oh, is that... Oh, that's... I know what he did last summer. Uh-huh. Doesn't um, Jennifer Love Hewitt get a slap? She does. Or something yeah. from Ryan Felipe. They're always arguing. Yeah. In that film. And now we get Jay running around just going, Nicole! Nicole! <laughs> yeah. Nicole! Constantly. Uh, Jay gets lost whilst running around shouting her name. Uh, and Nicole runs to him. Uh, he starts to lose his mind. We notice because he's going in circles. Nicole, who managed to escape from the clown somehow, runs up to him and he turns around and accidentally stabs and kills her. Yeah. 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 Then the actual clown appears, and Jay laughs hysterically, allowing the clown to break his neck. Yeah. Um, whilst he's holding the knife, he's still got the knife in his hand. 
And he's just laughing in the clown's yeah. face. If, if we're meant to believe that he's gone insane um, by this point, because, you know, we've all seen the Blair Witch Project and how they end up by the end of the film. Um, this film's been on by, for about 45 minutes by this point. Now, he started getting attacked by the clown within the last 10 minutes. Don't think that's enough for him to drive himself insane that quickly. Yeah. Um, it's just it's very cliched, isn't it? It is. The sort of accidentally stabbing the wrong person. Um, yeah, whatever. Trisha manages to get back to the car. Whatever, I don't care anymore. And Trisha manages to get back to the car, but runs into Thatcher. She pleads with him to help her um, because the clown's after her and has killed all of her friends. But he says, this is a story made up to scare the locals or scare the kids away. Um, well, why are you saying this? Because literally seconds after, the clown appears and Thatcher reveals that he's in cahoots with the clown. Yeah. She, he tries to chloroform Trisha. Yeah. So what the fuck was he going on about for the rest of the film? Yeah. Like, why is he saying, oh no, it was just made up to keep the kids away. Yeah. Like, she's going to turn around and say, oh, okay, I'll go back in the woods then. <laughs> you know, like, he must know by this point. Yeah. Also, is he just hanging around at the same place? Because <laughs> he's another one who hasn't got a bag or anything. Well, he's at the car park now. He's at the car park where we were meant to believe is a different location to where he oh, was yeah, originally. Of course. This but he's there. The same confusion. Yeah. Um, yeah, no idea. No idea the relation between Thatcher and Harris. Um, no idea why he's trying to chloroform. Um, Trisha, <laughs> when he probably could have just tried to kill her. Um, I can't hear. Next up is the most amateur sequence of the film, which is, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> which, considering the amateurness of the amateurness, is that a real word? It is now. Yeah, of the rest of the film is uh, quite a mean feat. Um, Trisha is chased. She gets the machete, drops the machete, <laughs> is hit with the machete, runs like she's trying not to shit herself, all in the most unflat. And I didn't realise until this sequence, the most unflattering genes. Oh, they're horrible. In cinematic they're awful. history. They do absolutely nothing for her figure. No. They are... Very sort of 90s stonewash. Uh-huh. They're, I suppose, what people would call mum jeans. They're definitely mum jeans, But they're jeans, not yeah. the right size for her. Um, they're awful. Really, truly yeah. awful. Very distracting. This is the last 15 minutes of the film. It's just a complete <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre ripoff. Yeah. It's literally her screaming. Um, and again, she's like getting hit with a machete and no-selling it. Mm-hmm. Um, she's... There's a sequence, there's part of it, where she's, like, crouched over, trying not to shit herself. Like, she's got, <laughs> she's got terrible Coe Brown while still trying to run. Like, literally trying to run to the toilet. Uh, yeah. Even though it's her back that she's been uh, hit with the machete <laughs> in. Um, ri just ridiculous. But entertaining. It, this is, this, if the rest of the film was like this... Mm -hmm. I'd be sat here saying, I was thoroughly entertained. Yeah. I recommend you all watch it. But this is so fucking stupid. Um, you can't help be entertained. Yeah, I mean, she eventually slices Spatch's stomach with a machete and pokes the clown's eyes out. Um, and then she gets uh, Jay's... She's got Jay's car keys. And she... Oh, no, sorry. Thatcher has Thatcher. Yeah, the sequence is a mess. Thatcher gets Jay's car him. key somehow. Yeah. Uh, gets in and follows him with the car. And because he's so angry and frustrated, he accidentally hits the clown with the car, <laughs> supposedly killing the clown. Also, he easily could have avoided the clown. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you could have just drove around him. But Thatcher had a real issue with the car earlier. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, it's... Gas guzzler, the environment. It was all for show, weren't it? Oh, yeah, I suppose so. Well, apparently he knows how to... He also knows... I don't know where he got the keys from, unless the yeah. keys were left in the car, which I wouldn't put it past Jay. Well, Thatcher... Like an idiot. 
Thatcher balls over his loss uh, as Trisha takes the machete and hacks him to death. Trisha unmasks the clown, revealing the and the killer to be Harris. Did you feel that scene in particular, if I'm remembering correctly, was given um, Friday the 13th Part 4, when she's got the machete? Yeah, I, I feel and... like that's what it's going for. Yeah. Yes, she reveals the killer to be Harris. Harris. And then, do we get like a flashback to her being cheated on? Yeah. Yeah, briefly. But you still don't see her face. No. Because they couldn't be asked to film it twice. Yeah. Um, as Trisha gets into the car, Harris dons the mask again and Trisha hits her again, finally killing her. And as Trisha drives away in hysterics, she hallucinates the clown appearing in the back seat who proceeds to choke Trisha. And then she wakes up. Yeah, so she's um, trying to do her best Marilyn Burns impression at the end, the hysterical laughing as uh -huh. she's driving away. Doesn't have doesn't resonate quite as well when uh, she's driving. No. <laughs> it's not in the film, but um, I wish it was, like, having to change gear and shit. <laughs> like, could you imagine? Like, <laughs> oh, oh, no. I need to change gear. I, I don't understand driving cars, so I'm sorry. I'm assuming that would look funny, though. It, it would look funny. Also, this entire time, this killer, before we got the reveal... The killer was literally just known as Clown. Yeah. So lazy. Give, give him a name. Give him a name. Pennywise. Oh. Wow. Trisha wakes up Stitches. in a padded oh, room. In a padded room. Can you believe it? Um, well, their version of a padded room. I don't, it's clearly I don't think the director's the budget, bedroom. I don't think the budget called for actually padding. No. no. <laughs> this is someone's house. And you get to see the... Uh, the mental institution in the sequel, and it, it is someone's house. Like, oh, it, it's I see. so cheap. Um, a doctor and a detective come in to check up on her, played by the same actors as Stephen and uh, Jay. Oh, which she doesn't seem to recognise. No, no. Which is really confusing, because this twist has been done so many times. Yeah. But the twist is that the person waking up recognises the people from uh -huh. the dream. Yeah. Like, that's the whole point. Like, oh, they've made it all up in their head. Yeah. Because these people they've dreamed of are actually members of the staff. Yeah. Like, what's the famous one? Why am I, why am I struggling to remember? There's a, there's a big famous twist. I swear there's a film yeah. where that is the main twist and then others have copied it loads. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. I mean, it's still oh, being done dumb. to this day. You know, Moon Knight did it this year. Um... Oh, maybe that's what I remember. Maybe no. that's what you remember. No, Camp Blood cannot be the first one to do it. No, I, 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 something has done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, she was catatonic when the police found her four days prior, and she's been in there ever since. The detective asks about all the victims, and we get all the flashbacks, because that's what we need. Um, and Trisha tells him it's Harris who did it, dressed as a clown. But the detective thinks that she's full of shit. Uh, and says that they did not find a clown, but they found Harris's blood all over Trisha's hands. Uh, her face, legs, hips, body, uh, and all over Jay's <laughs> car glass. when they found her four days ago. Right. And then this is when Trisha realises that Harris was Stanley. It's like, you're a fucking moron. <laughs> like, how did you not realise this before now? Um, also, I feel really bad for the... Uh... Well, not that bad, but for the actors playing um, the doctor and the detective slash Jay and Steve, is that clearly the budget didn't call for a bed, yeah. so it's just like on the floor, yeah. and so they're having to like crouch down and do like I'm like oh god their knees must be fucking killing them after uh, having to film that. Trisha also realizes that Mary Lou and Nathan were never found. The town believes that the two of them ran off together 20 years ago, but the Camp Blood story to the locals is just a story they made up to scare tourists away. Right. Meaning Trish... tourists away. <laughs> Meaning Trisha's claim to Harris being the clown can't be proven, and now with both her doctor and a detective believing her to be insane, she'll be charged with the murders of her friends and others. <gasps> But how I, I don't so dumb. I don't. So how is dumb. she not recognizing these people at the same? Yeah. Thing? 
So her friends seemingly never existed. So how can she? But be... they did. She's being charged with their murders. If if it turned out that Vic and Sally were her friends, I could understand that. And Harris wasn't, you know, like oh Harris, Harris was your best gal pal, your best Judy. That would have made more sense. Yeah. But what's happening is that apparently her dream that she's had. And this, did they just run out of actors? I think they tried. Is out of this actors. why they didn't mention it? Yeah, because what it what is happening is, you know, the cliched ending, where she wakes up from a dream, finds out that she's the murderer, or finds out that whatever no not not she's the murderer whatever happened in the dream wasn't real, because she's created something. From the people around her in the hospital. Mm -hmm. But seemingly this is the first time she's met the detective. So she would have no recollection of his face. But she would recognise Steve slash the doctor. Mm -hmm. Oh, fuck it. Fucking hell, it's going to be an headache. I don't, I don't yeah, care. Yeah, but the, the thing is, they're saying that she murdered her friends. So I think they genuinely just ran out of actors. To, yeah, they must have just run out of actors. Because then a nurse no comes in. Is. Well, a nurse comes in and gives her uh, a sedative. And it's Nicole. Yeah. And and, and it's also campus tips. So camp. So funny. But because it's so camp, that, that's what led me to believe that, no, this is actually what they're doing. Mm. Because it's like a... Not breaking the fourth wall necessarily, but a wink, wink, nudge, nudge mm -hmm. sort of situation, which is why she's coming in so camp, like it's a comedy. I don't, I don't fucking, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> Hopefully, it's explained in the sequel. If it is, tell me. So I don't have to watch it. As Trisha begins to lose consciousness and everyone leaves her in the room alone, she hallucinates the clown being in the room with her and screams, and that's the end of the film. Yeah, that, it was a struggle. And now we're, <laughs> you know, we're, what, 202 episodes into this now. And we've watched a lot of low-budget films, and some of them are fantastic. You know, real trash to pieces, or indeed masterpieces. Uh-huh. Um, so there's no excuses for how fucking boring <laughs> this was. Jesus Christ. By the time anything exciting happened, I'd switched off. I didn't care... Oh, I've got in my fucking notes. She's called Nicola. <laughs> you know, who the fuck is Steve Cunningham? I'm confusing stuff because I just, I ended up not giving a shit. I was like, just let this fucking end. And, I'd, you know, we can say, oh, it's people's art. Okay, well, you know, I'm the target audience for <laughs> this. I'm the target audience. I like shitty, low-budget horror films that manage to entertain. And I'm sorry, this just didn't entertain. I mean, I find it hilarious. Um. <laughs> the last 15 minutes were hilarious. But the it, last it was, it was, was dire. It, it was absolutely dire. Um, get into our awards section. Who is the biggest queen of camp blood? Beauty and intelligence in one combined. It's got to be Sally. Love a bird watcher <laughs> with a glamorous edge. I mean, I've got Harris, because fair play to her for killing everyone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it turns out she didn't kill Stella everyone. Stella lesbian queen. And just in case she did, um, I mean, just showing up and telling Jay what for, you know, that, that yeah. was enough for me. I, I liked Sally because, um, I don't know, I always feel for uh, actresses for bird that, that go topless in low-budget films, because I'm like, you know. Yeah. Good on you. See you right. Biggest gasp. Biggest gasp. Oh, I've got the killer reveal. Because I didn't see it coming. <laughs> I forgot to write this one. I, by the time we finished, I just, I couldn't care any less. The reveal of the killer, Harris, whatever. I just, I, did, I didn't gasp at anything, I'm sorry. Best dialogue. Or oh, best dialogue, I've definitely got this. Who wants marshmallows? Not me, <laughs> they're fattening. <laughs> Mine is. Do you like it? I got on a half price sale at Fred Segal. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. And that's camp. What is the campest moment in Camp Blood? Has to be Airhead Nicole referencing a random Charlton Heston film from 1980. Oh, I mean, for me, it's Nicole as a nurse. 
as a no that <laughs> that was camp as well that was camp but i just uh, just out of nowhere i was like what the fuck getting into our ratings i give it two half price outfits out of 10 <sighs> i give it one pair of unflattering jeans <laughs> out of 10 really just the only reason i give it two is because of that one practical effect that looked all right and because i didn't see the twist coming but then again that is because of bad writing yeah, I I gave it one because as entertaining as the last part was, it pissed me off <laughs> that they weren't able to make the rest of the film. That it, like, if you're capable of uh -huh. this, why have I not had that? Why have I had to wait, you know, almost an hour of my life to get to this point? Count blood with no camp. Um, absolutely yeah so i don't think i need to ask this but masterpiece trash the piece trash or basic trash. trash yeah it's it's just about a trash the piece for me but it, yeah <laughs> only just um if i didn't have jay to laugh at for the whole film then so if you would like to watch this even after our glowing review uh it's available on youtube in full dvd and video on demand um, you know, give them your money so they can make the next one. <laughs> hey, you know, there is a there is an audience for this. It may, it might not be us in this particular. Form. It should be, but you know, it should be. We should be, but if you're like, you know, just skip to the end. For yeah. Sake. And if you enjoy this, I recommend checking out Sick Serial Insane Clown Killer, which is pretty much the same film but twice as entertaining. Um, if you enjoyed this. I don't recommend. Um, yeah, sick is a trash to piece, by the way. It's not yeah, something that's not a trash to piece. But if you want more no budget, shitty woodland based horror, watch Scalps. <laughs> you would recommend that to people? That's horrible. I would not oh my god. <laughs> but no, no. If you liked yeah, Camp yeah. Birds, you, you might, you, you will might like it. Scalps. Yeah. I did not like no. Camp Blood, and I really that's... fucking did not like Scalps. Yeah. That's or, true. or actually no i was thinking maybe nailgun massacre but nailgun massacre i don't think anyone should no. ever watch awful truly awful but scalps if you like this kind of shit <laughs> if you're a fan of campbell somehow uh that's not social media we're horror court trash over on facebook and instagram horror court trash on twitter i'm dead at gaz92 on letterboxd gazmo205 on instagram and gazcruise92 on twitter i'm chris barker823 on instagram and letterboxd and give us a rate and review and subscribe on iTunes if you are not the maker of Camp Blood because you'll probably give us one star. Like and follow on everything else and give us a rating on Spotify. Next week we're coming back to our uh, horror court trash of a beach with what I remember to be. I'm going to say this now because um, I'm quite confident in this. What I remember to be a good film we'll be discussing Creep Show 2. The sequel. Yes. Yeah. Um... <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> I was going to make a back in the habit. I was like, which one should I just when you thought it was safe or, you know, um, back in the habit. Yeah. Creep show two. back in the habit. Yes. Yes. It's a better film than Camp Blood. I already know that. I've, so. I've never seen it. So I've got, I've, I've got nothing to say. I mean, I'm interested, intrigued, excited. I liked the original creep show. So let's hope it's just as good yeah. as that. So we'll be back, same time, same place next week. Bye.